0: Another hogs. My name is Kyle Sutherland. Tonight we're gonna have Michael Beard on out of Kentucky. He recently got a gig with Pipeline. We'll be writing for them, covering mostly Kentucky Wildcat Sports, but also the Southeastern Conference. And Michael, really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. No problem, man. It's an honor. So I want to start off. As I just said, you you just got a gig with Pipeline. So you'll be you'll be covering a lot of the SEC and of course Kentucky. I want to get your take to begin with. Now the Razorbacks have only won two foot or six football games in the last two years. So they won four under Bielema in his final year two under Chad Morris in his first year last year, just based on what you've seen in, in recruiting and kind of what we know, what they have at the moment before fall camp starts. What is your take on, on what the Razorbacks could possibly look like this year?
1: Okay. So, um, you know, as a Kentucky fan, um uh, before we got Stoops, we, we was just like, just like you guys, we, we won two games under Joker Phillips. They fire him. We hired, uh, we, how we hire Stoops his first year. We only, we, we only win two games. And so, uh, now just this past year, uh, we we got up to 10 games uh, and, and that's all due to, uh, building the program and believing in your system, sticking with your coordinators, uh, even through the tough times, even through the, you know, the fans, uh, criticizing and, and all in all these other things, uh, Stoops built this program to where it is now. Uh, it's still not where we want it to be, but, uh, just last year was kind of an example of what we can look forward to. But with Arkansas, I, I see a lot of similarities, uh, You bring in a guy like Chad Morris, uh, who was with uh, Clemson before he went to SMU. Uh, He got to coach under Dabo, and I'm sure that was an amazing mentor for him as well. But, um, yeah, uh, a lot of these guys that they have brought in this year, um, primarily, uh, you know, Trey Knox, uh, uh, Trelon Burks, guys like that, uh, he brought in a lot of skilled guys this year. And um, I think that, you know, you can build on these guys, you can build confidence in these guys and uh, move forward. You you also got guys like Ben Hicks that played under uh, Chad Morris at um, SMU. He had, you know, a little over 9,000 passing yards and 71 touchdowns uh, there. So, uh, he's familiar with what Chad Morris is wanting. He's familiar with offense. He's familiar with the scheme, the fast-paced spread offense. Uh, I heard Chad Morris say that uh, they're they're going to be running a lot of no huddle. Um, so um, I I really feel like um, you know uh, you keep you keep investing in these guys. You keep bringing in uh, top 25 recruiting classes like you guys did last year. Uh, I really feel like you guys will uh, get get to that breaking point, but uh, just as a fan, just uh, stay humble and uh, embrace the process. It's it's a it's a tough road, but uh, don't don't come in this season expecting you know not eight, nine, ten wins because likely it's not going to happen unless everything just pa- falls perfectly.
0: So you mentioned Ben Hicks, you mentioned some of the receivers that they brought in just about every category last year. They struggled really bad. Rakeem Boyd for the most part at running back was a bright spot. There's a few others. Scoota Harris, arguably the right. best linebacker in the sec for sure. The most underrated, where are some areas that you can look at, look at that's going to be really improved just kind of from what you've seen.
1: Really improved.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, number one quarterback, um, I feel like you guys have a a good situation with uh, guys like Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle coming in Uh, just more talent. Um, You know, Ben Hicks already knows the offense. So uh, under my, with my understanding, I kind of feel like he'll be the starter coming out of the gate, but um, just because of the confidence that uh, Chad Morris has in him. And, uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year if, uh, Nick Starkle ended up starting just because he's more comfortable with the offense. And, uh, he's more talented, pl- just plainly put out than Ben Hicks is. Um, but, uh, bright spots. Um, uh, I, I really look at the defensive line you guys have, man, that's, it's full of, uh, full of seniors. You got, uh, McTelvin Ajam, uh, TJ Smith, Gabe Richardson, Dorian Gerald, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, they've, uh, they've, they've got a lot of games under their belt. So uh, that's going to be a, a really bright spot in your defense. Uh, the starters um, for the secondary and the, and the linebackers, they're not bad, but just the, the whole problem with the defense is kind of depth other than the defensive line. Uh, the depth's going to be a problem, but uh, I really see the defense as a, a bright spot for you guys. Just uh, hopefully uh, some of these young guys that redshirted last year will be able to step in, mainly for the secondary, and help you guys out and be a bright spot.
0: That's where I'm concerned too. Is is the defensive line, as you mentioned, there's a lot of a, a lot of leadership there, a, a yeah. lot of reps under their belt, games, linebacker right behind them. You got some talent, especially yeah. with Scooter Harris, and bumper pull is on his way up. But that's one that i've I've mentioned on many podcasts, including my own, that any right. anytime that I talk razorbacks this off season, that's been the one concern that I am just truly terrified about. And we' got some help today with a commitment from Artavius French out of Memphis, yeah, uh, that uh, is is on his way, but of course won't have him until his true freshman season in twenty twenty and there is a lot of talent in the secondary as well but it's a lot of youth and that's i mean these were some big time guys coming out a, a lot of a lot of good things being said about them i know chad has spoke very highly of them mainly in the spring so it's really going to be about can this can this defensive line be guys that are going to pass rush like they should and it's going to help set up the linebackers and set up the defensive backs in okay. terms of the quarterbacks, it's a breath of fresh air to fans, I know. Just because you had plenty of quarterback competition last year, you just didn't have a whole lot of talent. And it's nothing against Cole Kelly or Ty Story or Connor Nolan. Connor Nolan's going to have a great future in baseball. But now that you, you have that experience with Ben Hicks, you have that experience from the SEC with ben, with Nick Starkle, And you got K.J. Jefferson coming in that you can groom for the future. It's just going to be – I feel like the morale in the quarterback room is just going to be a lot better for for Joe Craddock, the offensive coordinator, just knowing that he's got a guy that has been in the system and Ben Hicks. And I I totally agree with you that Nick Starkle is the better quarterback. He's seen better experience but I would be willing to bet, especially since Ben Hicks went through spring, he's been with the team a lot longer and he has that experience under Chad Morris. He's probably going to get the nod by game one. And I just hope it's not like last year where it was where they did Cole Kelly and then tie story and then Cole Kelly and Ty story. I'm hoping there's more consistency there. Right. So moving on to that. Now I want to talk about three key games. Of course, Obviously, this year as opposed to last year, you've got to win your non-conference games. I mean, that just goes without saying. You win your non-conference games, and then you get two com- and then you get two of the SEC games, and you're going bowling. Now, right. the two that that stick out the most are two road games. Week two, the most crucial game of the year. I mean, you don't want to look past Portland State, especially after you saw how they were last year. But you look at week two in Oxford against Ole Miss. Must win. Got going to set up. A lot of good things for you if you win that one, and then I think really on paper the next road win that you look at is is Kentucky against your Wildcats. Right. So you're the perfect guy to talk to about this game. Now let's just say general let's say that they get to to A and M and they're undefeated. Ben Hicks might be the, the starter for those first four. I think it's uh, four games that they play before they they play A and M. And Ben Hicks is your starter. Nick Starkle happens to, to come in for that game. Then you've got Nick Starkle and Rakeem Boyd, two former Aggies playing against them, and they just happen to get that game. Or they or let's just say they lose that game. They come into Kentucky. Kentucky is a guy is a team that, that people are really sleeping on this year. Uh, they, slept, they always slept on because again, it, as as you, you and I talked about before we started this, they're a basketball school. Nobody was really expecting them to do what they did last year, nobody's expecting them to do much this year. When you look right. at what Kentucky has and what Arkansas could possibly be by the time that Kentucky plays them, what is your what is your take on that game, just kind of what we know at this point?
1: Um, really, um, you, you know, with Kentucky, it, it, their success is really going to rely a lot on Terry Wilson. Um, I know a lot of fans – if especially if kentucky fans are listening to this they they might be like oh man if we got to rely on terry wilson for our success we're in trouble but uh i've been hearing a lot of good things about terry wilson um this off season. you know he's he's coming he's he's o- he's obviously got the uh, the trust from players like Lynn Bowden and play players like that but um I see it. I, I see it actually as a close game, you know. Even um, uh, even with it being at home for Kentucky, and um, I, I just feel like uh, I, I feel like Kentucky will probably uh, give them some trouble uh, with their offense, uh, with Kentucky's offense that is, which is actually extremely slept on. Uh, to be honest, this is a very unpopular opinion. I might get slammed for this on Twitter but with people that listen to this, but uh, I feel like they've got more talent coming in with running back this year with Cavosier Smoke, A.J. Rose, uh, Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez is basically Benny Snell 2.0, uh, body type anyways. But
0: uh, So you're uh, taking these guys over Benny Snell.
1: Uh, the overall talent with, the, with these three guys, yes. A- A.J. Rose came in the same year as Benny Snell. And A.J. was actually considered as the guy that was going to be playing over Benny Snell. He was the more talented guy. He complements the offense more. Uh, last year we had Benny, so we kind of went run heavy. And we wasn't really able to do the things that Eddie Graham wanted to do with the playbook. But we had Benny, so we kind of had to give him the rock and let him get his, you know, his, his yards. And, um, you know, rightfully so he's, he's a hell of a talented player and uh, he, it's almost a guaranteed uh, positive yardage. If you're handing the ball, especially not negative, He don't take negative yardage. So, uh, but, but AJ Rose, he compliment, he complements the offense better, especially as a pass catching running back uh, Kavosia smoke He's got a lot of elusiveness to him. Um, I, I kind of feel like he might be end up. He might end up being the the most exclusive running back that that we that we have out of the three. I, I really like what I seen out of him last year. And uh, Chris Rodriguez, he's just uh, he's got the body type to be a bell cow. So uh, yeah, I do personally, I do like the potential that our running backs have this year over last year.
0: And so what, talk about the defensive depth. I, I know that Kentucky had Josh Allen last year, who was a, a yeah. top pick in the NFL draft. And I've seen a couple, I've seen you and a couple of other people uh, that I've followed seeing that you've been speaking with talk very highly of Kentucky's defense this coming year as well. So I want to kind of touch on that just because I want to, because yeah. obviously in the sec, you must have depth. You got to have solid ones and twos to, to be successful. So talk about that, of what they can possibly do this year, so that way Arkansas fans can be prepared for that coming into that game, even though it is later in the year.
1: Right. Uh, So obviously you're not going to replace Josh Allen. You know, he he had 17 and a half sacks last year. Arguably the best uh, defensive lineman slash running back in in all of college football last year. So, um, you know, you're not going to replace him, but you just have to put some guys in there that are gonna, you know, make it hurt less, uh, in a, in the best way to put it, but, uh, you know, we got guys like Jordan Wright, we got guys like, uh, Watson, and, uh, I I really feel like, uh, you you know, linebacker depth, we're solid, uh, we got Chris Oates, we got, um DeAndre Square, we got, um, A lot of, of, you know, pretty good guys that um, have some snaps backing them them up. But the main thing is with our secondary, um, that's really the big question mark with Kentucky going forward is um, how is our secondary going to be? Because we literally lost both of our starting cornerbacks and both of our starting safeties. So how are these guys going to come in and uh, play in the – uh, back end of the defense. Uh, so, you know, if uh, Ben Hicks comes in there and, you know, he's he's doing well, you guys are uh, firing away, you know, I feel like you guys might um, might try to attack our secondary, put it in there. Um, with guys like Trey Knox, Deion Stewart, Michael Woods, um, I, I, I really like Michael Woods, especially, you know, last year he was a freshman and he's your – Leading, returning receiver other than Cheyenne O'Grady. But um, that's correct, right? He's y'all's leading, yes. returning receiver?
0: Okay. Yeah, he was. He actually got a little bit of a late start. He had had some problems with going to class. And I, I remember watching – he, so he actually went to Fayetteville High School, which, of course, the university is in Fayetteville. So he, he just yeah. went to high school right up the – well, literally right next door. And I remember watching him in the state championship – senior year and I knew that he was going to be something special and we finally saw starting with the A&M game where I believe he had like three receptions for 77 yards we saw that potential come out and so he's gonna have he should have a big time year this season as long as he can keep his grades right and and keep his head on straight
1: good deal yeah uh you know he's just a sophomore so uh he's only gonna get better and you got these freshmen coming in Uh, I really feel uh, I've heard Traylon Burks is back to 100 percent so um He tore his ACL last year, but he's y'all's, you know, uh, highest recruit that you have coming in. So, you know, if he gets some playing time and they see that he's excelling, you know, I mean, y'all's wide receiver core has the potential to uh, end up starting two freshmen and a sophomore. Um, So uh, I really like the core that you all have there. It's just uh, a matter of – Finally, getting a better quarterback to get it to him.
0: Yeah, and I just realized I was sitting here looking at the schedule. I was thinking that Arkansas played Kentucky a little bit later in the year. It's it's A and M for us, and then a bye week, and then we have you guys in Lexington. So right. that's yeah. So that's that could be Nick Starkle by that point. Who knows? Or who knows yeah. it could be KJ. We, we have no idea what could happen. Yeah. So I, I think KJ Jefferson will probably he'll play in those four games that he's able to, and then they'll probably end up yeah. redshirting him. But yeah, there's just no with with all the new faces that they have, there's just no telling what could happen. So, well, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit here. So we we talked about we we mentioned some things of what you feel like the team's going to look like. Where where is some besides linebacker? Where is a really big concern that you that you're looking at? Uh, for me, it's offensive line, just because last year yes. we played with eight scholarship. Now we've got a, enough to field a first and a second team this year. Um, and I I know we're kind of limited now once you talk, once you get past linebacker, but I know for me that really it's all about what the offensive line can do and whether these four running backs that have so much potential can continue on what some of the success that a few of them had last year and whether Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle can do what they need to do and whether this receiving core can do what they need to do. It really just depends on what happens with the big uglies up front.
1: For sure. Um, you know, uh, Offensive line is actually, I actually have uh, my concerns written down here that I was going to touch on. It's funny you you spoke on it, and O-line was the number one thing that I put on there. But uh, my my biggest question, or my biggest wonder, I guess, would be, um, you know, with Myron Cunningham coming in, junior college transfer, and... um, Nwana. I, I, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. I typically.
0: still can't pronounce it. And w- during his recruiting process, I was I used to uh, touch on it during <laughs> the season with uh, my buddy that I do this with typically. And every single time I would mention that I butchered. I believe it is pronounced uh, Nwana. I, I can't. I'm not even going to try Nwana. to pronounce his last name, but Nwana. I believe is how you pronounce his first okay. name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you
1: know, you got two returning starters with uh, Colton Jackson and Ty Clary. So they're obviously going to be there. They'll be solid for you. Um, and then you got Austin Caps. Um, I guess he fills in right there at left guard. You
0: know, yeah, he, converted he, defensive lineman.
1: Yeah, converted defensive lineman. Um, so I, I, I kind of wonder if they'll put uh, Nwana there at left guard. I, I don't know if uh, – I kind I kind of feel like he might get some looks there at left guard give you know Austin cap some competition but um, and then you got sh- uh, guys like Shane Clennon and uh, Ryan Winkle at right guard and uh, Noah Gatlin and Dalton Wagner at right tackle but uh, you know it's fair the whole line well not the whole line but the depth of the line is uh, it's is they're all pretty young so uh, the a lot of them are redshirted as well, so they was able to get some practice reps under them last year. Familiarize themselves with the offense, familiar familiarize themselves, get comfortable uh, with what uh, Coach Morris is wanting out of them, and uh, so that that's the big question mark is how do they they fill in? I I actually feel like the O line will be better this year uh, because last year they only had eight. Scholar, they only at times they only had eight scholarship offensive linemen that could play in the game. This year, Chad Moore said at media day they had 17. So uh, overall, you know that's more competition. That's you know better practices that they're going to have. Um, so uh, I, I think that their offensive line will improve, and that that'll be big for uh, the Hog success this. This coming season. This coming coming season.
0: Sorry. So I want to close out. As I mentioned earlier, that as a UK fan, you can definitely relate to football struggles. You guys are everything in basketball. (laughs) But as a struggling fan base that we have really been—I mean, excluding 2014 and 2015, really since the Petrino debacle—what advice can you give as a UK fan to Razorback fans?
1: Embrace the grind. Um, you got. You guys obviously have a, a, an amazing offensive genius as a head coach. Uh, he can obviously recruit. He's gonna get guys in there for you. So um, just stay, stay patient. Um, he's got better. He's you, overall, you all have a better roster this season. You all, um, it's it's looking better. So you know, if you guys can get to the the five game win mark or the six game win mark that is a step in the right direction and I I I don't feel like that's out of question like I I honestly feel like it's very reasonable for you guys to win you know five to six games this season but you're gonna have to win games like Ole Miss that's that's the biggest game on the schedule you have to win Ole Miss and you have to win these non-conference games and then you know you got teams like uh kentucky and mississippi state that uh that lost a lot so you guys might be able to steal one from them i hope you don't steal one from kentucky but uh yeah <laughs> but it you know it, it's not out of question i i guess but uh, yeah just just stay patient uh, believe in your coach if you guys lose a game by a lot you know just don't don't go off and say man we need to fire this guy you know, you it's, this is only his second season right
0: yeah second season yeah, this is
1: only his second season so uh he, he's bringing the guys in there you guys are having awesome recruiting success um as you as you can see in um the recruiting rankings and uh, he's a, he's a well-known guy um especially in the state of texas uh where which just so happens to be a football powerhouse i'm sure you've uh, notice that it's basically sec- second religion down there. So,
0: oh uh, man, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's why I, I tell people all the time back home that it, mm-hmm. we growing up so close to Texas, we knew how big it was, but once I moved here, it, it's unbelievable how massive it is here. And right, something something that's that's very promising that I found. I think it's actually something you retweeted or, or liked earlier on Twitter that. And Stoop started in 2013, and from 2013 to 18 in the SEC East, he's gone 7-6, 5-4, 3-2. And, hey, for you guys, you know what that could mean this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> and uh, so finally, tell us where we can find you on social media.
1: Yes, you can find me uh, on Twitter at that bracket guy. Wait, is that my Twitter handle?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That yeah,
1: that bracket at that bracket guy. Uh, I, I do bracketology as well uh, during basketball season. That's actually you know how I really got started. I created my own website called uh, OSM Bracketology, and I, I competed in the uh, Bracket Matrix, which is basically a bunch of bracketologists. They they compete to see who can uh, who can get the most seeded teams correctly. Uh, and the most teams in the field correctly and I came in like uh, 17th nationally and there was like over a hundred bracketologists on there and that was my first year doing it so um, you know uh, I'm really uh, just just I'm I'm really just getting my feet wet with uh, with all of this and it's really taken off the more work I've put in and Um, I'm I'm really grateful for it because I wouldn't be where I'm at without the men above, but uh, that's besides the point. Uh, But uh, yeah, give me, uh, give me a follow on Twitter at that bracket guy and uh, I'll try to follow you back.
0: Yeah. And check his content out. It's like I said, it's, it's not just Kentucky content. It's all sec. So, and then also check him out on pipeline. That's P Y P E L I N E. So, well, Michael, again, man, it's a great conversation. Really appreciate you coming on.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. It's been an honor, and uh, i really looked, uh, i really enjoyed getting to uh, break down this Arkansas roster and uh, get to know the team and uh, stuff like that. So uh, I'll be watching you guys very, very closely this year. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. Appreciate you been having a blast. me on, been
0: man. A blast. Well, that will do it for today. And so thank you again, as always, for listening. For, for Michael Beard, my name is Kyle Sutherland. You have been listening to Texans.